morning, Big Ten fans. Welcome back to another edition of the Big Ten Morning Minutes. I'm your host, Mike Chen. Follow me on Twitter at Mike F. Chen. Follow the show site over there as well at Big Ten MM. It is Tuesday, May 2nd, 2020, and another tough day yesterday across the nation as rioting continues, protests, etc. And yesterday was a big day in the sports world because multiple teams, multiple coaches, multiple players came out and spoke out about the murder of George Floyd and Kevin Warren, our Big Ten commissioner, he is the only African-American commissioner out there, the first African-American commissioner out there. And yesterday, Kevin Warren stepped up and with the spotlight that he has, the power that he has residing over the Big Ten, he made a statement. And it was a powerful statement. And normally I don't do something like this. I'm not going to sit here and bore you and, and read something like that. But this deserves it because there's ramifications to the letter that he wrote. And I'm going to read it. So this is what Kevin Warren sent out yesterday, the Big Ten Commissioner. On Monday, May 25th, 2020, George Floyd, a proud black man, was killed by a member of law enforcement in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Ahmad Arbery, Breonna Taylor, Philando Castle, Emmett Till, the list goes on. Prior to joining the Big Ten Conference as commissioner and relocating to Chicago, my family had lived full-time in the Minneapolis area for over 15 years as I worked as executive with the Minnesota Vikings in the National Football League. Our kids were raised in Minnesota and attended school in Minnesota before leaving for college, and the people of the great state of Minnesota are part of the fabric of our entire family. As a black man, I pray every day for the health and safety of my wife and children, especially during interactions with law enforcement. We continue to see inequality and deep divide regarding how members of the black community are treated compared to the rest of society, and too often, the results have been horrific and senseless. Such racism and inequality are pervasive, not just endemic in law enforcement. Meaningful change will only occur as a nation we are united, resilient, and determined to create difficult, uncomfortable dialogue and take significant, tangible action. We all need to strive to make the world a better place. One person, one family, one city, one state, one conference, one country. George Floyd's death cannot be in vain. I've made the decision to create the Big Ten Conference Anti-Hate and Anti-Racism Coalition and invite student athletes, coaches, athletic directors, chancellors, presidents, and others to join me. I have already received powerful notes of support and interest in joining this coalition and look forward to partnering with the existing diversity councils on our various campuses. It is critical that our student athletes possess their rights to free speech, their rights to peaceful protest, and we will work to empower them in creating meaningful change. We must listen to our young people. Our children and future generations deserve better. We are either a part of the problem or part of the solution. The Big Ten Conference will be part of the solution as we actively and constructively combat racism and hate in our country. In closing, my wife Greta and I have decided to personally make an initial gift of $100,000 
from the Warren Family Foundation to the National Lawyers Committee for Civil Rights based in Washington, D.C., which focuses on addressing issues regarding racism, hate, and voter registration. I will continue to pray, lead, and take action to eliminate racism and hate in our country. Godspeed, Kevin Warren. Very powerful statement by the Big Ten Commissioner. It touches me as a minority. I don't quite understand how the African American community feels. But what I do get is the fact that I know how it feels sometimes to be judged before they actually know you. I think the color of your skin, the the way that your face looks, it predetermines a lot of how people judge you. And that is terrible. That is something that should not happen. But it has. And it has happened for centuries. And that's too long. Kevin Warren's decision to create the anti-hate and anti-racism coalition is a huge step forward. When you look across the country, not just in the Big Ten, but everywhere, the African American community is very well represented in athletics. Look at football rosters, mostly African American. Look at basketball rosters, mostly African American. They are fantastic athletes in the African-American community. And we praise them. And we watch them. And they should have the same treatment as everybody else. And that's what Kevin Warren is striding for. And for the Big Ten, for Kevin Warren to step up, no other conferences have stepped up. Go, go read some screen caps of what Dabo Swinney said yesterday. He's talking about God taking over. <laughs> this is not God making decisions here. This is you making a conscientious effort to make things better as a world, as a community. You know, a lot of other Big Ten coaches and athletic directors stepped up and made statements. Uh, I'm not going to go over those like I did Kevin Warren's, but I do want to recognize those coaches because, again, in a tough time like this, you need allies. You need friends. You need people who support what your mission is. And yesterday, you saw a lot of people jump on that bandwagon. Michigan State's Mel Tucker and Tom Izzo, Brad Underwood from the University of Illinois, Indiana's athletic director, Fred Glass, Iowa's head coach, Fran McCaffrey, Scott Frost at Nebraska, Steve Pikell at Rutgers. Ohio State released a, a student athlete made message. Touching. You're seeing a lot of players like Joe Burrow made a statement. Trevor Lawrence made a statement. They didn't need to. 
but they felt like they had to. And that's how change happens. It starts at the top. If you didn't get a chance to see Killer Mike speak out in Atlanta, go find it. Uh, Kirk Herbstreet retweeted it. Uh, I watched it. It's about nine minutes. It's touching because it talks about the looting. You know, that's not the answer. The answer is changing it at the top. The answer is filling out your census and going to vote and changing, making change. Because you could do a lot on the ground, but change is made in Washington, D.C., in the White House. And when you look at what's going on out there, it's sad. It's sad. It really is. And I love that the Big Ten is coming together. They are creating this anti-hate, anti-racism coalition. A little sad that a coalition like this does have to be formed. Because this shouldn't even be an issue, but it is. And that's the issue. But you have to commend Kevin Warren, all those coaches, athletic directors, who have made statements supporting what's going on, the peaceful protests, clearly not the riots. Nobody supports that. I think that you look at across the country, it's it's just a couple of, of bad seeds out there. The majority of people that you see are, are really fighting the good cause as opposed to you know, doing things, destructing of property, things that just don't, they're not helping the cause. Yeah, you're, you're making things known, but destruction and looting, f fires, that, that, that's not solving anything. You're actually making things worse. It's, it, it's difficult. It's a difficult time right now. It really is, but there's a lot of good that's going to come out of this, I feel like. There has been change before. They've tried. I mean, Martin Luther King, a, a fantastic man, made a stamp on society. Everybody knows him. There's a street in every major city that's named after him. Uh, and We have to go back to those roots and remember what Dr. King was striving for. That's equality. That was many, many years ago. We're still not there yet. But instances like this need to be remembered in order for change to happen. And I think change will happen. We all need to be a part of it, though. Everybody. Me. You. Everybody. Everybody needs to be a part of the change. Because we also lost someone in the football family of the Big Ten this weekend due to peaceful protesting and unfortunately being shot. That was Indiana's Chris Beatty. Uh, was confirmed yesterday afternoon that he was one of the victims. He got shot during a protest in Indianapolis. It's a tough, tough time for many people. Thoughts and prayers go out to the Beatty family, everyone out there, uh, clearly the Floyd family as well. 
it's just a, it's a tough time for everyone. It really is. All right, let's move on to a, a couple of recruiting notes yesterday. Maryland added a defensive end and in-state Terrence Butler, 6'3", 220 pounds, a solid offer list from Butler. You got Michigan, Minnesota, Michigan State, Tennessee. Uh, I like what Maryland's doing and Mike Loxley's doing. I feel like they've really cornered the market over there, and they're recruiting at a high level. Uh, there's some chatter about, you know, from recruits about Maryland uh, winning a national championship. Well, you know, one recruiting class, two recruiting classes, that's not going to win you a national championship. You're going to get some good players. You'll be competitive, but that's not going to do it. Look at Ohio State's roster. It's absolutely loaded. Uh, that's the that's what you're striving for. They they have years upon years upon years of, of high-level recruiting classes. Look at Penn State. Their return to prominence after the Bill O'Brien when James Franklin took over. Bill O'Brien, I think, you know, he had his eyes on the NFL clearly. And when James Franklin took over, he wholeheartedly just dedicated himself to the job and one of the things that Franklin has done very well is on the recruiting trail Penn State has I think the second most talented roster in the Big Ten behind Ohio State so uh, when you look at what Maryland wants to do the the long run uh, yeah you could talk about potentially having you know national championship you know Big Ten you gotta win the Big Ten first though win the Big Ten get in the playoffs that's the key here and Terrence Butler, a guy like that, he's definitely a guy that can contribute and help. And uh, I think that you know Mike Loxley, as long if he continues to recruit well, and then he could turn it over to the field. Uh, clearly, last year uh, the success on the field didn't dictate the success off the field. A very solid recruiting class, uh, highlighted by Dwayne Jarrett, the uh, the uh, fantastic wide receiver from Maryland, managed to keep him away from SEC powers and have him stay home. Uh, I'm sorry, did I say Dwayne Jarrett? I meant Rakeem Jarrett. <laughs> sorry, Dwayne Jarrett, uh, the uh, former USC Trojan. Um, and I, I think Maryland's uh, on their way. I think they're they're really doing good. They, they are. Uh, Michigan went out to Connecticut and grabbed an offensive tackle Tristan Bounds. Uh, Bounds, 6'8", huge, massive frame, 285 pounds. He had a pretty solid offer list from uh, Nebraska, Notre Dame, Texas, UCLA, Indiana, Maryland. Uh, I like Bounds. Uh, again, the, the competition level for me is a little bit concerning. Uh, clearly, Connecticut doesn't get a lot of you know, big-time, high-level prospects, but uh, Jim Harbaugh really likes recruiting in that area. Uh, I think Tristan Bounds is... He's more of a project type of player. I think he's going to need a lot of technique work. Uh, I don't think he's a guy that's going to step on campus and uh, contribute right away. But I do think that you know, a couple years down the line, uh, when he puts on a little bit of extra weight uh, and really gets that technique down, uh, learns how to use his, his lower body, his lower half, along with his upper half, then I think Bounce could be a very good player for the Wolverines. So uh, they're getting a good one, uh, I feel like, in Tristan Bounce because uh, it's clear that a, a lot of other good teams were after his commitment. So uh, unfortunate for, uh, you know, Nebraska, Indiana, Maryland, that Bounce ain't going there, but uh, Michigan's getting a good one. They, they've Their offensive line class looks pretty damn good. Uh, but, again, I'm, I'm a little bit concerned about the skill positions. Uh, you know, you, you do win in the trenches, and I get that. But... You also got to have some guys on the outside to make some plays for you, and 
Uh, I think Michigan needs to, Jim Harbaugh needs to address that. I think he really, really does. The Fighting Illini have lost a commitment yesterday in Wisconsin linebacker transfer Christian Bell. Uh, Bell was a little bit concerned about what's going on, uh, clearly with the riots in COVID-19. Uh, felt like it was very unclear as to what his direction was at Illinois. Uh, really liked the professional manner uh, that they previously had said to him. Uh, that's how he got the commitment, uh, Lovey Smith got the commitment, but unfortunately, uh, you know, Bell's not going to end up at the University of Illinois. Uh, this goes back to all of my talking about the Fighting Illini building a base of recruits and then cherry picking grad transfers and transfers. I still think that's the case. Uh, I think that Lovey Smith needs to have larger recruiting classes. Then you can get these guys on the you know, work with them for two or three years. And then if they don't work out, then they can transfer out. I think that philosophy has to flip just a little bit for Lovey Smith and the fighting line. Penn State's losing a player as well as defensive tackle Damian Barber. Uh, he is going to move on and transfer. Would have been a redshirt junior, so he's most likely going to be a grad transfer. Um, and uh, it's unfortunate, but, you know, it, that happens. It does. Uh, Rutgers added a, a defensive tackle in state, Zaire Egoy, 6'4", 310 pounds. He had offers from Indiana, Maryland, Boston College, and Syracuse. A, a good get here for Rutgers and Greg Schiano. Uh, again, they're, they're two programs that are out on the East Coast that are really doing well in recruiting. And that's Maryland and that's Rutgers. And when you look at the landscape of the Big Ten, I think that those are the teams that are in the middle of the pack that are really making a move towards the upper echelon. Now, again, I'm going to go back and revert to what I said about Maryland. You're going to need back-to-back-to-back-to-back recruiting classes, multiple recruiting classes in a row, bringing in high-level talent in order to compete for a Big Ten championship and or national championship. But you have to start somewhere. And it's clear that Maryland's off to a good start. Uh, yes, Greg Schiano's recruiting class for the 19 version of it, uh, not the greatest, well, 1920, the one that signed in February. Uh, that's not the greatest because he really didn't have a chance to recruit those players on a long-term basis. You're really seeing the impact of Greg Schiano being able to get into recruits' living rooms now. He's making a lot of waves on the recruiting side of things. And I think he's got, you know, the the Rutgers program back to some competitive football. They're going to be competitive. And I think it's going to be interesting going forward to see what they do on the field. Because we all know that Greg Schiano can recruit and Greg Schiano can coach. But can he translate that over to the field once again and have Rutgers become a competitive school inside the Big Ten? We'll see. I think he's got him going the right direction. Might be a few years, but I do think that Greg Schiano on the all-in-all all has that program on the up-and-up. And that's going to do it for me today on your Big Ten Morning Minutes. I appreciate the listen. Go ahead and give me a follow on Twitter at Mike F. Chen. Follow the show site over there as well at Big Ten MM. Raiders reviewers should share us on all of your listening platforms. Have a great Tuesday, Big Ten fans. Stay safe. I'll talk to you tomorrow morning.